The following content is from Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters, a gospel-driven high-adventure camp in western North Carolina. Go to swoutfitters.com to learn more about our camps and conferences. Enjoy the message. Well, why would Jesus need to be baptized if Jesus never sinned, right? Jesus ain't never sinned. Did Jesus sin? No, Jesus was perfect. He never sinned. But he's, he's symbolically being put into the cleansing waters of, of baptism. Because also what baptism symbolically does is cleanses, purifies, and washes us of our sin. And so when Jesus is being baptized, like in fact, when he comes up to be baptized, he's like, I'm going to get baptized. And the guy that's baptizing people, his name's John the Baptizer. And he's like, no, 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 I'll, you, I'm not going to baptize you. You need to, you need to baptize me. John the Baptizer is like, I, you know what? I, I appreciate that you want me to baptize you, but I'm a sinner. Why don't you baptize me? Jesus says, no, I want you to baptize me. And what Jesus is doing in his baptism is, is he's identifying with sinners. This is a very important biblical truth because when Jesus goes to the cross, whose sin is he dying for? Our sin. Why would Jesus have to die for sin if he never committed sin? He's taken your sin and my sin to the cross. He identifies with us in baptism a foreshadowing of his death on the cross where he would identify with us by dying a sacrificial death in our place. Make sense? So Jesus' baptism is important not because Jesus needed to be saved or cleansed or forgiven, but because he's identifying with sinners. See, Jesus becoming a human was Jesus becoming one of us so that he could rescue us. And we're going to see in his bloodline and his genealogy and his lineage that he goes all the way back to the first dude, the first human whose name was Adam. And that's super important. We're going to see why in just a minute. So let's, let's, keep, let's keep going here. Let's keep reading. Jesus, when he began his ministry, was about 30 years of age, being the, being the son, as was supposed, of Joseph, the son of Heli. The son of Mathat. Now I want to say something before we go any further. You'll see the word the son of. The Bible was originally not written in English. The New Testament was primarily a written was primarily written in a different language. It was a language that is no longer used day to day. And in that language, the, the, the Greek language, the word son is not included in these free in these phrases. We'll explain why that's important. So it says. Um, that he was the son of Joseph, the son of Heli, the son of Mathat. In the original language, before they translated it into the English language, language, it would just say Jesus of Joseph, of Heli, of Mathat. Why does that matter? It matters because sometimes they'll skip a generation. They're not going to tell us every single great granddaddy in Jesus' line. So it's like they say, so my granddaddy, my, my, uh, remember I told you about Leroy? Leroy's son was named Virgil. And sometimes, and Virgil's like really well known in these mountains in western North Carolina. And sometimes I'll see somebody and they'll say, and my last name's Holloway. And they'll go, Brody Holloway, Holloway, Holloway. You're Virgil's boy. And I'll just go, yeah, I'm Virgil's boy. Well, I'm Virgil's grandson. But you see what I'm saying? I'm of Virgil. Y'all, y'all with me on that? So sometimes it's not, so if you read this blood, you're like, I read in Luke and it was like, Joseph, then Heli, then Mathat. And then I went over because there's another lineage that's included in Scripture. It's in Matthew. 
And if you start reading Matthew, you'll be like, hey, they put a name in here that wasn't in this other one. And you'll start to get confused and be like, wait, 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 which bloodline's correct? And the answer is both. They're like, like we can put them together and have a full picture of the lineage of Jesus. All right, just that's like a little nerd nugget what that is. All right, the son of Levi, the son of Melchi, the son of Janai, the son of Joseph. By the way, listen, see if you recognize any of these names. The son of Mattathias, the son of Amos, the son of Nahum, the son of Esli, the son of Nagai, the son of Maath, the son of Mattathias, the son of Simeon, the son of Josek, the son of Yoda. Anybody recognize that name? Right, you are. Um, okay, uh, Jodah, Jada. What are, I don't know exactly what that name is. The son of jo- Jonan, the son of Resa, the son of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, the son of Neri, the son of Melchi, the son of Adai, Whew. the son of Kosam, the son of Elmadam, the son of Ur, the son of Joshua, the son of Eleazar, the son of Joram, the son of Mathat, the son of Levi, the son of Simeon, the son of Judah, the son of Joseph, the son of Jonam, the son of Eliakim, the son of Malia, the son of Mena, the son of Matatha. Y'all with me? Y'all still listening? Stay with me. You think it's hard to listen? You should imagine reading it out loud in front of people. The son of Nathan, the son of David. There's David. Verse 31. That's King David. Y'all recognize that? Now start listening for names you might recognize. Son of David. That's the dude that killed Goliath, Okay. The son of Jesse, the son of Obed, the son of Boaz, the son of Salah, the son of Nashon, the son of Amminadab, the son of Admin, the son of Arni, the son of Hezron, son of Perez, the son of Judah, son of Jacob. I recognize that name. That's the Jacob from the Old Testament um, Bible stories. Son of Isaac, the son of Abraham, son of Terah, son of Nahor, son of Serug, son of Reu, son of Peleg. I don't know why Peleg's a funny name to me. I don't know why that one's funny to me. That one's funny. I kind of giggle every time I read it. Son of Eber, son of Sheila, some cat got a girl's name. That's funny. Um, son of Canaan, son of Arphaxad. Somebody please. Uh, John Rouleau, the guy that came out and kicked it off tonight. My man with a mustache. John is, John's our hype guy, and John is like a really, really forward-thinking, creative dude. And he had a little baby boy two, three days ago. Yeah, not, listen to him. Nine pounds. That sucker was big. Nine pounds. That's like he came out asking for a hot dog all the way. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want no milk. Give me some hot dog. Like, so I was like that. It took them like two days to name the little boy because they were torn between a couple names. But they didn't tell me what the names were. And I was like, please, Lord, or Faxad. Please, but it wasn't. It was Judah Thomas, which is also solid. Okay, and it's also in, in the line here. It's in the bloodline. All right, our, our fact said, the son of Shem, the son of Noah, that's the boat guy. Y'all know that one. The son of Lamech, the son of Methuselah, the son of Enoch, the son of Jared, son of Mahalalil, the son of Canaan, the son of Enos, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. Long line. Probably not everybody in there that is in the actual, but what we just did is we traced from Jesus, we traced back up through his bloodline all the way to some really important people. One was King David. Now, why is that important? 
Because listen, here's what God said to David. God made a promise with David. It's called, uh, when God makes a promise, it's called a what? It starts with a C. Cov- covenant. God made a promise with David. It's called the Davidic covenant. God comes to David and he says to David, I'm going to have someone who comes in your bloodline, someone who descends from you, who's going to sit on your throne, and that throne will last forever. It will never go away. In other words, there's going to be a kingdom that is eternal, and someone who descended from David will sit on the throne. It was absolutely necessary that Jesus be traced from the line of David because of the promise God made to David. Y'all with me? was also in that, in that bloodline, there's a guy named Judah. It was important that Jesus descended from Judah because God had said the Savior of the world is going to come out of the bloodline of Judah. So that mattered. That was important. But if we keep tracing all the way back up, God made a promise to this guy named Adam. And what's significant about Adam is Adam was the first human And when God created Adam, Adam sinned against God. He fell into sin. And when he did, he represented all of the human race. You ever get, have you ever gotten in trouble for something somebody else did? Gosh, man, that's so frustrating. You ever, uh, y'all ever, if, if you play sports, you ever do that thing where everybody has to run? I remember one time I was, I was, uh, in high school and there was this dude that kept saying, my, my coach cussed so bad. I mean, he, he, he cussed so bad. He had the foulest mouth. His language was so horrible. But he wouldn't allow, you to, he wouldn't allow his, his athletes to cuss. <laughs> like double standard, but whatever. So, like, if you cussed, everybody had to do, like, up-downs, grass drills, run this, run whatever. And I remember this one dude named John Middleton was always cussing, man. He'd be, like, yelling stuff in practice, and then we'd all have to run. He'd just get so mad. I remember one day... Everybody had to do like grass drills and sprints until everybody was puking, all because John Middleton was cussing out loud in practice. Like, I ain't said a word. I'm over here talking about I'm puking in the grass. I was innocent. I had done nothing wrong. You know what I mean? You ever have that happen? Well, the Bible says when Adam sinned, it, it wasn't like I'm not being punished for something that I'm innocent of. It was when Adam sinned, he was the first human. Listen to me, look at me. This is called original sin. Everybody say original. What that means is when the first dude sinned, when the first cat sinned, every human that would descend from him was in that moment sinning in him with him because our DNA was in him literally. We're there. He represents us spiritually, physically. He represents us. He's like our representative. So the Bible said this. God said to Adam, I'm going to send someone who's going to come in your bloodline who's going to redeem. Everybody say redeem. That means he's going to buy humanity back from the bondage that you've put them in with your sin. So when Adam sinned, Everyone fell into sin. Every human would be born into sin. Every human would be born sinful and would then act on that sin nature by committing sin. But Jesus was not born sinful. Jesus was born as what we would call another Adam or the second Adam. You can read about this in Romans 5 and 1 Corinthians 15. 
How could it be that Jesus was not born with the sinful nature of Adam? Well, Jesus came into the world uniquely. You guys ever heard of the virgin birth? Have you heard of that? Jesus was placed in the womb of Mary by the Holy Spirit. And she was a virgin. She had never had a relationship sexually with a man. It was a supernatural act. What God was doing is what the first created human, Adam, failed at. God, in his promise to that Adam, was now inserting into the human race a second Adam named Jesus. But that Adam was not going to fail. Adam simply means the man. Did you know that? God was inserting another man into the human race, another human into the human race. But this one wouldn't fail. He would conquer sin. He would face Satan down in the wilderness just as Satan tempted Adam. Adam fell into that sin when Satan stared Jesus down and tempted him. Jesus crushed Satan in that moment with the power and the authority of the Scripture. He said, don't you look at me. Y'all listen to me. When Satan tempted Jesus right after this chapter that we're reading, Jesus looked at Satan. He said, don't you dare tempt the Lord your God. I am your God. See, Jesus is not like the opposite of Satan. Satan's bad and Jesus is good. Satan's yin, Jesus is yang, whatever. Like Jesus is God, creator, sustainer of life, the one who holds the future of the enemy in his hand. Satan is under the foot and the authority of Jesus. And so Jesus comes in as a second Adam and crushes the serpent, crushes the tempter, defeats Satan, and what we've got to be able to do is trace a line from the second Adam, Jesus, granddaddy at a time, all the way back to the first Adam. Because God said to that first Adam, you messed up, don't worry. You've got a great, 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 great grandson that's going to come along and he's going to fix this. He's going to redeem this. He's going to bring salvation where you have brought condemnation. He's going to set people free from their sin where you have brought people under the bondage and decay of sin. It matters that Luke tells us step by step that Jesus descended through the promise to David, through the promise to Abraham, through the promise to Adam, back to the first human that God created. He was the son of God as the son of Adam. Jesus' genealogy matters. A couple things I want to leave you with tonight to think about as we go into this weekend. I'll give you uh, four things I've jotted down here. First one, all people are born and then live and then die. All people, born, live, die. It's crazy. I'm in my 50s now, so I start thinking about, I'm fit to die. I mean, I hope not, but let's be honest. There ain't no spring chicken, you know what I mean? Like, you wait. Y'all in your teen, teenage years, you think you're going to live forever until you get about this age, and you're like, oh, uh, 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 <laughs> Like, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. The long black train is coming, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes I wake up at night and be like, Am I awake? Am I? Yep, I went to bed. I'm still here. <laughs> like, you know, like, 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 like the, lo- the older you get and the further away you get from your own birth, the greater the reality that life is short. But everybody here, I bet you most of you 
have had a friend who died or somebody at your school or a kid in your community. Not everybody lives to be old, right? Death is a reality for us, but everyone who lives is first born. And everyone who is born lives, whether it's a minute, a year, or a hundred years, and then everyone dies. What Jesus did is he revolutionized all of that and said, go with me. Let, me. let me explain what I mean. He was not born the same way we were born in that he was born of a virgin. He came into the world without a sin nature, and then he defeated sin in his life. He was the ultimate revolutionary because he rebelled against sin and defeated it. And then in his death, he's different because he died, but he didn't stay dead. Jesus is really good at resurrections. Like, y'all, you understand what I'm saying? He didn't stay dead. I mean, he'd been raising some people up from the dead already. There was this one kid, or, or I think it was a kid, it was a boy, and his mom screaming, and they got the kid on the gurney, and they're carrying him out to the funeral, and like, Jesus is like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. It just brings that dude back to life, and he was dead. There's the one, y'all hear the story about Lazarus? Lazarus was one of Jesus' friends. He died. He'd been dead for like four days. Jesus was like, nope, watch this. Wow. Like resurrection brought that man back to life. Jesus himself died. His death was different than ours in that he died. And in his death, he conquered. He conquered death. He conquered sin. He conquered the things that defeat us every day. So he was born, he lived, he died, but it was different than the cycle that all the rest of us will experience. He was fully human because he went through that same cycle, but he was a revolutionary. He was the son of God. He was the savior of the world because he conquered sin and death and hell in that cycle. The other thing is this, and we'll be done. And when we go back through Jesus' lineage, his bloodline, the fact that he's the son of man and the son of God, I just wrote down in the fourth point, crazy family. Some of y'all, any of y'all come from a crazy family? You have to, some of y'all pointing at your cousin right now. Man, I can tell, I come from a crazy family, man. Oh, man, my family's nuts. And no, I like, could tell story for day, stories for days about my family. Crazy people. Jesus came from a family that was consistent. Like in Jesus' bloodline, there's a lady who was a prostitute. That's crazy, isn't it? See, Jesus didn't come through a line of like good, perfect, honorable people. He came through a line of broken people that were kings, that were preachers, that were rich people, that were peasants and poor people, or people that lived on government money like they couldn't get by on their own. There were people that relied on others to help them. He, he was also in the line of the wealthiest people of their day. Like if you go back and trace his line, he's just, he's just a dude coming into human history just like all the rest of us have. Jesus entered into humanity and his lineage and his genealogy matters because it helps us understand that when we go back through the Bible and particularly the Old Testament, which is like the first 39 books of your Bible throughout that period of history that made up several thousand years promises were being made and Jesus came and fulfilled all of those promises and the bloodline the genealogy does a couple of things one it helps us understand that Jesus was completely and fully human and that in becoming one of us he fulfilled all the promises that God had ever made to humankind 
And number two, it helps us to see that he not only entered into human history fulfilling the promises of God, but he entered in to the poorest of people to be the savior of the most broken and lowest of people, the people that hurt the most, the people that are the most broken, or the people that are ready to receive what Jesus offers, is salvation. If we humble ourselves before God, confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, believe in our heart God raised him from the dead, God will do it. He'll raise us spiritually from our death, and he'll give us salvation because of what Jesus has done. So as we go through this weekend, we're going to look at a few of the people in Jesus' bloodline, beginning with his earthly father, Joseph, who adopted him. I have three adopted kids, man. I love, I got six kids, three of them are adopted. I love that, man. That's the coolest, coolest thing. Joseph adopted Jesus as an earthly son. We're going to look at Joseph. We're going to go back. We're going to look at this lady named Rahab. She was a prostitute. We're going to look at a lady named Ruth. We're going to look at their husbands. Ruth's husband was named Boaz. That's a pretty sick name. I like it. And then Rahab's husband was named Salmon, like the fish. That's just a funny name. <laughs> no wonder. And that, he's Boaz's dad. He's like, look, I ain't naming him Junior. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to come up with something better than Salmon. And we're going to look at a king named Josiah who as a young man, same age as a lot of y'all, made a decision to live his life for God, and he did it. And if you make that decision to live your life for God through the power of what Jesus has done, you'll make a difference. Thanks for listening. We hope this has encouraged you in your walk with Christ. Be sure to give us a rating and review. And for more Snowbird content, check out our other podcast, No Sanity Required.